now from the studios of ESPN, the game Nashville. This is technically foul. Rising. The grin on your face right now makes all of this worth it. And Julian Council. I got a date with my 42-inch living room TV. I thought that was going a completely different what? direction. <laughs> the Technically Foul Podcast. An exclusive feature of thegamenashville.com. Now, here are Buck and Julian. Backed by no one's demand but our own and from our wholesale link of Mount Juliet Studios right here in Music City, we are on the air. Buck Rising with you. Julian Council across from me. You can interact with the show and troll us on Twitter at Buck Rising and at Julian Council, also at 1025 The Game. We have a brief show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Final Four because there's really nothing else to talk about. And I've had a day. We could talk about something else. What else would you like to talk about? Oh, there's something I'd like to talk about. Okay. It's about the false narrative that's been put out there. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we call in the radio industry a tease. It's a lies. (laughs) It's been happening. Who's spreading lies? Shall we address this first? Four letters. E-S-P-N. Oh, going after the bosses. Yeah, spreading. Outstanding. I'm just sick of it, man. Spreading lies. Had enough. Telling me. Oh, look how great this next Duke class is going to be. No, oh, no. They're going to win something. Already? Yeah, because look, remember, this was supposed to be the greatest Duke team ever, guys. Grayson Allen with Marvin Bagley was going to lead Duke back to a national championship. But you know what Duke came away with this year? Nothing. No ACC title. Nope. No conference title. They don't win ACT, ACC titles, by the way. You, they didn't win a single—I know. You know. They didn't win any t- championship. Oh, I'm sorry. They did. They won the PK-80. That's it. <laughs> which which in our own personal record books should account for more than Well, the PK-80 was the greatest preseason tournament ever. Right. And it should be replicated. It happened almost eight months ago, and we're still talking. Yeah, about I mean, it was great. <laughs> That's the lasting impression. I mean, if there was a takeaway from this season before <sighs> the season ends, it's a PK-80. All right, so go ahead and, and make your uh, well, air your grievances with ESPN about Duke because – after last night's McDonald's All-American mm, yes, game, yes, which there, I, I, have to talk many, about. I have many, many thoughts. Yes. <laughs> so last night, watching McDonald's All-American game, and conveniently, they have a Duke guy on the broadcast who's just sticking up for Duke. As who well, are you? No, no, no. Use names. Jay Williams. Yeah, that's right. Jay Williams, <laughs> formerly known as Jason Williams. We're not scared. For, we're yeah. not scared of this. Yeah, this is. Uh, he was Jason. Then he got had the motorcycle accident. Now he's Jay. Whoa. Yeah, it changed. It's just like there was Conzo, and now there's, Qu- there's Kwanzaa, now there's Conzo. That is such a strange thing, by the way. <laughs> it's different. Why does nobody talk about the fact that Conzo or Conzo Martin is mm. now, or no, I'm sorry. Kwanzo is Martin. now Conzo. It's really difficult for me. So I'm just saying. I really struggle with it. Jay Williams had a rebranding. He was Jason, motorcycle accident, now he's Jay. It's all about the brand. Now right? he's Jay, and he only wears fitted suits, which is good. I mean, obviously, you know, you got to get your As custom you made should. suits. Um, but... Last night, my cousins, the play-by-play guy, was bold enough to ask, well, is it really a program if they're coming for one year than leaving? Is it more of a turnover factory? I was like, interesting. You would ask that, my cousins. As ESPN has centered their entire broadcast, Jeff Goodman sideline interviews, asking <laughs> Trey Jones, hey, what were those text messages you were seeing in Zion Williamson to get him to come? It's like, hey, Zion. We got some real duffel bags over here. Come get one. Listen, I don't want to even talk about duffel Speaking, bags because then I'm going to start accusing Vanderbilt of things uh, because of how because uh, of how close I am to losing Romeo. Speaking Langford. of duffel bags, oh, God. Um, the duffel bag boy, Jeff Capel, he's going to pit. Yeah, that's right. His introductory press conference. What uh, song play when he went to the stage? 
Duffel bag boy. Actually. Duffel That's not bag. real. No, I'm not kidding. It can't possibly it's be true. true. It cannot be Jeff so. Jeff Capel is toying with the <laughs> with the FBI. We must have and this And he is like, looking at the FBI, he's like, why don't you Would do something? Would anybody be interested do in an interview with the head coach of Pitt basketball? Yes. Because this needs to happen. Yes. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, so Duke has a top three recruits. They have Zion Williamson. They have R.J. Barrett. And they have um, Cam Reddish. Yes. And then number 12 recruit is Trey Jones. And they're in the running to get EJ Manuel, who, or Montgomery, excuse me. I think he's the number 16 recruit. He's a center. Mm-hmm. And all last night that talked about was, oh, man, how great these Duke recruits are and how the brotherhood, they're going to restore Duke back to greatness and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Nasir Little, the number 10 recruit. God, you are just about to take everybody out. The number 10 recruit who is kind of rapidly you know, risen since last summer. Correct. Into a guy who looks like a potential one and done. Yes. He's going to Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy playing for the West Side, even though he's from Florida, who's just sick and tired of hearing about these Duke guys. <laughs> so sick and tired of hearing about the Duke guys. Had it. That he brings back the West from down like 12 in that game. Second half comeback has 28 points, five boards. The third highest point total in the history of the McDonald's All-American game. Looked like he was going for the record. He was going for the record last night. Didn't get it. They were wanting to give it to R.J. Barrett so badly, but the East lost in the West won. Nazir mm-hmm. Little, in the words of Jonas Pope IV, who covers um, Duke and other schools out there in Durham, tweeted out last night, Nazir Little played like he was tired of hearing about all those Duke guys. He was. I mean, I was listen, damn tired about it, too. Listen, full disclosure, I did not watch much of the McDonald's All-American game last night because I was at a Demi Lovato concert screaming like a 16-year-old girl. But... That being said, it's easy to understand how Nasir Little could feel that way when the first headline that I see on ESPN.com is what McDonald's All-Americans will do for Duke. That's yeah. literally a headline on ESPN.com. That was going to be the headline regardless. Like I told, I Wednesday's McDonald's All-American game will go a long way to restock Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Will these new additions put their teams back in the Final Four? No. <laughs> Well, Get the hell out of here with this. Not for Duke. It's entire way. <laughs> it's the, the the entire narrative of all it, it's it goes into such so much it's it's such a bigger problem that we're getting ready to talk about here because the thing with Duke mm. is we talk about every year before college basketball. Are they season, going right? undefeated? This Are is they the going greatest Duke team of all time? Is this the single greatest recruiting class in the history of college basketball? This team would get blown out by forty points what against that will, Leitner Grant Hill team. What will Coach K be able to do with all this talent? Nothing. Nothing. He'll mail it in and he'll put him in a two-three his, his zone. His back will start because hurting he can't in figure out what the hell to do with the team. His back will start hurting in January. He'll take a leave of absence because he knows. His team can't win anything. I just, I just don't understand it at this point. I really don't because to watch, to watch that Kansas Duke game, okay, and to see Coach K Get just coach. so it's it's out coach like it's it's such a real thing and nobody self. nobody wants to talk about it. You got beat by sneaky fat Bill Self, mm-hmm. okay, and Bill Self by the way knew exactly what they wanted to do in that game. Like it was clear that they had a plan. Oh, yeah. They went, they went in, and they executed. And they were the better team that day. That's mm-hmm. fine. But Coach K did get beat. And nobody wants to acknowledge this fact. Mm-hmm. And we want to just get, and look at how much satisfaction you're taking mm-hmm. out of this. Yeah, because hey, this I'm is just, just an look, entire podcast all I'm saying where we're going to savage Duke before we get to the final four. All games. I'm saying is Coach K was like a complete coaching fraud. This <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Because, look, I get it. These kids nowadays, they don't want to play man-to-man. And speaking of 
kids, I want to play defense. Who's out there balling out and playing defense last night? Oh, the guy going to Carolina. That's so right. these soft dudes from Duke, Zion Williamson's like, oh, my thumb, I can't play anymore. Actually, they've been back pretty far back. Either way, yeah, you got to play through that, dude. If, if you're the really, if you're the guy, it was your right thumb. You're left-handed. Don't use your right hand. <laughs> Come on. So I'm just saying, Coach K was going to get all the praise in the world. Had he gone to a 2-3 zone and won a national championship, like, oh, look at Coach K not being stubborn and adjusting. No, it's like, it's no, no, such no. a load of crap. Coach K was too lazy to teach these kids how to play defense. Dan Dockich, by the way, who just ravaged Marvin Bagley on television, I- <laughs> talking about how Bagley's lazy and blah, blah, blah. Dan Dockich, that was kind of messed up, but he was right in one He wasn't instance. wrong. He wasn't wrong in the fact that the reason they had to play a 2-3 was because Bagley was so bad on ball screen defense. So That's they, unbelievable. So they had to have him in a 2-3. And it helped because college teams just don't know what to do with three, two, three until you get to the good teams don't like you know Kansas and Carolina, like the teams that actually have a pulse. Beat Duke in a two, three. Teams like Syracuse, who actually play it, came close, came close, but they couldn't do anything about it. Right? They, all I'm saying they is, fake their way through all the way to the Elite Eight, and then they peter out. Let's just say, let's just call a spade a spade. Coach, Coach K didn't do a good job this year. Didn't do, didn't do a good job. Grayson Allen. Didn't play well. He never really found a way to get Grayson Allen the way he should have been playing for this team to be able to win. I mean, he had issues at the point guard position. Issues. Where Trevon DeVal did not play well. Call spade a spade. Coach <laughs> K did not do a good job coaching this year. Never got Grayson Allen to play up to the standards that he didn't played miss, two years ago. Didn't miss a beat. We should acknowledge, <laughs> by the way, the fact that literally the recording stopped in the middle of Julian Council's rant. He was so concerned about what he was saying that he, he for once, noticed that something was going on with the recording and said, I have to get these points out. Mm-hmm. You make sure that this is taping correctly. Mid-stride. Uninterrupted. Also, Continue. point guard position did not get the play he wanted at Trevon DeVal, which was the key because you saw how he played against Kansas. When he plays well, Duke was a different team. They were a different team in that second half against Carolina back in Cameron and Dory when he played well. They were a different team on Sunday when they played against Kansas when he was playing well. Never got consistent play out of those guys. Couldn't get them to play good defense, having to switch to a 2 3 zone, partially because Marvin Bagley wasn't invested defensively. And yes. that's the kind of the issues he's had since he's changed over to these Duke teams where they're kind of consisting around these freshmen. Even when they won in 2015, they didn't play good defense until right at the end of the year when they're like, wait, we have to play defense if we're going to win. Well, they didn't play defense this year, playing 2-3. Kansas is just one of those teams that was not going to be zoned to death, and they won. And it's, and it's, it's, I mean, it's been mentioned ad nauseum at this point, but Bill Self should really be commended for being able to get to the Final Four with this particular Kansas Best team. coaching job he's done at Kansas. Because this is probably the worst team he's had for quite some time. By far the worst team. By far, because, I mean, he loses Billy Preston early in the season to um, whatever. The unsolved mystery yeah, of the Billy Preston. Mystery, we still have no idea what We have what no happened. earthly idea, but we know that bags were dropped. Yeah, and he went Allegedly. to in a car wreck, and, <laughs> and there's just chains, and he went to Bosnia. Something happened with Billy Preston. We are not we are not uh, privileged to, to that information. We'll have to drive to Memphis and see if he has, like, a uh, pre-draft workout there and ask him, hey, Billy, what happened? <laughs> Just what happened? Well, like, That's I, all I want to know. What man. happened? Because your mom like got a new house or something. Like, what's going on? Like, you're on that Penny Hardaway stuff and uh, blue chips. Careful. <laughs> I, I, blue chips. That man Butch is McRae. now. That man is now back in the coaching. I'm industry. just saying, Butch McRae's mom got a new house with a yard in blue chips out in the Chicago suburbs. It happened. I love that Rick Pitino was in that movie. His first cameo, by the way. It happened. He didn't know anything, folks. He didn't know anything. All right. Do you have any thoughts on? The Sweet 16 and Elite 8 before we move on to the final four games. Um, Sweet 16, no. Uh, Elite 8, let's see. I mean, Michigan looks pretty good. Florida State. And they didn't even play well. Yeah, Leonard Hamilton. 
I because I know people were getting really mad about the Dana Jacobson interview at the end, and like where he, you know, ver- essentially verbally accosted. Yeah, he Dana was kind of he was like being a jerk at the beginning, but then Dana Jacobson did tweet out afterwards she wasn't offended, and once she said that, and it was the person who would have allegedly wronged. It kind of needed to end there. Well, and she she said as much afterwards. She said that uh, Leonard Hamilton had apologized and realized what he had did yeah. as soon as as soon as the cameras went off. And that's you know these things happen. It's then we it's, get the faux media outrage, right? Well, it's it's one of it's one of the it's one of the most ridiculous things in sports media coverage. The fact that we give these people ten minutes to cool down and then we're allowed to converge on them yeah. like the 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 uh, bite hungry vultures that we are. It's just it's just not fair to the players or the coaches in terms of, you know, how much time we give them to be able to take a second and step back and then before hey, we put them in front of hey, a live microphone. TBS and Turner, they're paying one point one billion dollars to put this on the air. To, so, no, the, to put it on TBS. It Let's just relax. It doesn't for a matter. Second. Hey, no, no, no. They're paying one point no, one billion. Matter. It immediately Hamilton. That one point one billion dollars, you get ten minutes, you calm down, but Simmer down. At the end of that game. Him not fouling at the end, like, yeah, I know. No, it was Vir- wrong. I get it. Virginia was down 4.9 and beat Louisville. They were going to have to foul Duncan Robinson's a 90% free throw shooter, just made two free throws. He's not going to miss. Like, Florida State's going to lose that game. You know, not really because, like, oh, they still have a chance or whatever. And Michigan's a, one of the, what, 321st best free throw shooting team in the country? Yes. No, because Florida State's going down there taking horrific shots. <laughs> If anyone watched Florida State all season long, like that, I, I, that does go un, unmentioned, right? Yeah, did you see <laughs> just like the jacking last, stuff? Up. They botched the last minute in six. The fact that they even had a chance to tie the game was a sheer miracle. Now thinking that they're going to go down there, Michigan can miss a free throw or two, and they're going to go down there and take a shot that's going to go in. Meaning as they're going to take a legitimate good shot, right? You're out of your mind. I watched Florida State plenty of times this year, and they're in a game situations. They're terrible at it. They weren't going to win that game. Leonard Hamilton, he's watched his team. He knew, we're not winning. Let's go home, boys. <laughs> so, you can't, we can't just let Leonard Hamilton have this one. No, we it can't. It took him this long we to can't. get this far. No, we can't. I, and I love Leonard Hamilton, the pride of Gaston Why? County. Pride of Gaston County, dude. God. Right outside of Mecklenburg. It really is disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, 704, baby. No, When's no, no. Deck Day? Deck Day, May 20th. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> That's the real <laughs> market in your calendars, folks. All right, we Hold will. Hold on, I'm not done. No, no, you have to be done because we're on time constraints Purdue. here. We Purdue. will take I'm a sorry, quick Purdue break. Fans. You will take Purdue out I, on the other side. You're listening to Technically Foul the podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Don't try to bully me. <laughs> Julian Council. I need everyone to do this for me, uh, unless you're driving. Yeah, right. Close right. your eyes. No, yes. And envision Queen Latifah, were she white, and eating a donut. <laughs> that is what Buck Rising looks like. Buck Rising. Queen Latifah's half the diva that I am, literally. This is technically foul with Buck Rising and Julian Council. My God, it is unbelievable what a diva I was last night at the Demi Lovato concert. I can't even begin to tell you how disgusting that must have been mm. to be around me last night. Yeah, well, I hope you had a good time. I had a tremendous time. Yeah, I didn't even know she was in town. What do you mean? I didn't Demi know. Lovato. Did they, like, advertise this? Yes, you didn't hear Hal Gill shilling on the Preds broadcast the other day. No, I don't listen to the Preds broadcast. <laughs> I just recently restarted watching them again. 
it's playoff time, so it's time for me to uh, tune back in. It's time to pay attention. Yeah. Oh, so we have had quite the topsy-turvy NCAA tournament, but before we get into the final four games, Julian Council, before I made him go to break, has something for Purdue fans. I just want to say I'm sorry. Why? No. It's not fair. What do you mean? Because... Purdue shouldn't have to suffer like this. Their greatest coach ever, so they say, Gene Cady, never went to a Final Four. So they say. And the fact that Robbie Hummel, when they had the best team, clearly, in the country that year, towards ACL, then came back during football season, which was a disaster as it usually is. He might be the longest-tenured college basketball player that I can remember for as many medical red shirts as he had. Yeah, it was really sad, really sad. He tore his ACL again during the middle of a football game that they were losing. And I'm waiting for just, him to tear his ACL during a television broadcast now that he's doing TV. Hasn't happened? No. Okay. Well, it's just it's Plenty sad. Early. This year, I thought they had a team that could win title. Then Isaac Haas falls down, breaks his uh, elbow. The Purdue engineers, those nerds. They couldn't figure it out. They maybe, tried to put that brace back on him. Wasn't having it. Got him a brace. Realized that they just should have just amputated and given him a new arm. Didn't do that. And couldn't do it in time. And Purdue's, they lost to Texas Tech of all teams. Who would have predicted that? Texas Tech, they're good. No, but until until they had to actually play legitimate basketball mm-hmm. and just go out there and out athlete people. Yeah, well, it's just disappointing for Purdue because they had a team I thought that was pretty good. And like I think they rather elite eight games, like Loyola just destroyed Kansas State, so no impression there. Other than like K State, mm, you should have put Dean Wade in. Your best player is on the is like on the bench with a foot injury. Who cares? Get him out there, play him. All Win. right, and so, then do Kansas. Are you quite finished? Him. No. <laughs> So, now that we have a Final Four, you have Loyola of Chicago, the Cinderella story of this year's tournament. Not to get confused with Loyola of Maryland, the Greyhounds. Against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Not Loyola of Maryland. Loyola of Chicago. Yeah. They will be playing Michigan. Yeah. And then you have Kansas and Villanova, the two one seeds. So, obviously, there is a clear, there is and should be a clear favorite, right? It's Villanova. Oh, no, it's not. No? There's no clear favorite. Why? Because. Tell me why. Have you watched this tournament? No, yes. there's no clear favorite. Okay, now, just because of, they're, just because of the utter randomness of well, college Kentucky basketball. Kentucky's supposed to be in the Final Four, right? Okay, nobody thought, nobody legitimately thought Kentucky was going to the Final Four. Even before, even before, stop. Last week? No. <laughs> this time last no, week, people were the, like, Kentucky's going to the Final Four. This is the same Four. kind of thing that ESPN was trafficking in that you're complaining about with Duke. Duke because was, it's Kentucky Duke? and they... Duke was going to the Final Four. We're going to win it all, right? Duke was Michigan the best team. State? In the, Duke was the best team in the country. Well, no, it's, it's stop. Virginia, stop with this Michigan Virginia, State stuff. Arizona. Anybody who pays close enough attention Cincinnati, to the this sport, is their chance. <laughs> that's what I was led to believe. Trey Young. I was led to believe. Trey that. Young enough to will his team yeah, to the Final that's Four. What I was told. <laughs> You're as bad as the rest of them. Tell me why Villanova shouldn't be the favorite. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> shut up. What are you talking about? I can't. Exactly. Randomness. Randomness. Okay, that's literally the only reason that Villanova would have to not be favored okay, well, above here, the remaining Kansas is an experienced team just like Villanova. Now, okay. they don't have anybody on this team who's been to the Final Four, but they do have the Big 12 player in the year in Devontae Graham. They just went out there and beat a Duke team that I think was more talented than them and was not a good ma- matchup, at least defensively, for Kansas. Um, Malik Newman is now been playing out of his mind, playing like that five-star type of player he was when he first committed to Mississippi State before transferring to Kansas. That's huge. Fima Luke is going out. He has, what, more three-pointers in a season than any other player in the history of Kansas basketball, which I don't just think about that. Kansas, just let that wash over you for Kansas a Kansas basketball, Fima Luke more three-pointers in a season than anyone else. 
So, and it's I think Adoka Azubuki has played well recently, even even with the knee injury. So he could be a problem for Villanova, who doesn't really have a big guy. I mean, I guess Amari Spellman would be the guy matched up with him, but Spellman's one of those dudes that steps out. We'll see how they handle Azubuki, and then even DeSosa's played well recently. So I think Kansas actually could give them the test. And remember, last time in San Antonio for the Final Four, what happened? What happened? I know you're just waiting to tell yourself, so go ahead. Carolina fell behind 40-12 to because Roy Williams decided not to See, prepare why do you team. Need, why do you need me for this? And then Kansas came back. Exactly. Well, sorry. Well, Kansas won that game. And then Roy came back in his Kansas pin on Monday night, and Kansas won an announced championship because Memphis couldn't make free throw. And Mario Chalmers sent his overtime, and KU won an OT. <laughs> so last time in San Antonio, KU won it all. That's what I'm saying, you know? Basically, it's going to happen again. That's what you're basing your analysis. Every time of. a game is played, like at the Final Four, is like a Minneapolis or a Indianapolis, Duke wins. Just same same case with Kansas, pretty much. You just told me this was supposed to be Duke's year. Well, no, I never said that. Yes, I said you it. Was, literally, just said that. I said it was supposed to be Kentucky year. <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, though, the only way it appears that people can beat Villanova in the in the few times that they've lost this year, they've what, lost four times. I believe I have that right. Mm. They've been abys- abysmal from three. Now, it didn't matter against Texas Tech. I think they were what? They were four of 24 from deep. It which didn't is matter because they played defense. Totally abysmal. Right. That's the thing. So they were able to beat Texas Tech because they were playing smart basketball. They were playing defense. Jalen Brunson was totally in control the entire time. You never felt like Villanova was at any point really in danger of losing to uh, to Texas Tech. But – the thing when they've when they've lost, it's been because they haven't been able to make their threes. Right. How do you essentially get Villanova to be so bad from beyond the arc? Uh, you play defense, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas is. I, I mean, mean it, it, it's. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. There's no trick answer. I mean, you're, you're kind of wandering I mean, you, into you, this. You play defense. It's literally. It's literally the only thing you have to say. There's no trap here. It's okay. I mean, well, this <laughs> also this is kind of the way like you evaluate if a team is capable of winning a championship, just kind of based off of these advanced analytics and what has been the way for a team to win is being top 20 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. And looking at the Final Four, there's only one team that's top 20. Nova. You didn't fill a Nova. They're yeah. also number one in Ken Palm. Michigan is 30th in offense, 4th in defense. Kansas is 5th in offense, 41st in defense. Loyola's, what was that, say 59th in offense and 19th actually, in defense. Well, and I know people get bogged down by the, you know, when we talk about offensive and defensive efficiency and Ken Palm and advanced analytics, that people kind of tune that out because, I mean, numbers, numbers doesn't lie. Number Well, number one, they don't lie, but the best way that you can relate it to in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency is just look at the difference between Jalen Brunson and Trey Young, right? Trey Young is the flashy scorer, but he is hugely inefficient, right? Jalen Brunson is not hugely athletic. He's not he's not going to stand out to you in any particular way unless you're paying attention to All the right. sport. Right. But he is hugely efficient on both ends of the court and he has total command of his team. That's the best way that you can relate it. If you don't want to if you don't want to pay any kind of attention to the advanced analytics, you just look at the kind of players that Villanova has for them and you can understand why they're so damn good. Yeah. And just the fact that you look at the roster right now, Phil Booth had twenty in that championship game two years ago against North Carolina. Brunson played and started in that game play like thirty minutes. And Mikhail Bridges also played like 15. So you got three guys that played 15 plus minutes and had an impact in a national title game. And I mean, in blowout, it was a 40 point blowout against Oklahoma right. two days before that. So just knowing that you had that kind of experience and then the way that DiVincenzo's come and played recently, 
especially when Phil Booth went down, how he stepped up his play. That team is just, they have another level that no one else, I think, out there still has. Now, Kansas, they're well coached. And you saw what Bill Self was able to do right. on Sunday. As we said, Bill Self deserves all the credit in the, in the world for what he was able to do against Duke, regardless of what you think of how Coach K performed. Yeah, and likely they'll face Michigan. Like, Loyola has a chance because the way Loyola passes the basketball is basically basketball porn. Yeah. Because the ball movement is amazing. Now, and they're a good defensive team. So that's actually, that will help them against Michigan because Michigan has been playing pretty well offensively, particularly shooting the ball well from three-point range. And they didn't shoot the ball well against Florida State, but it didn't matter because Florida State didn't shoot the ball well at all or didn't even take good shots. So Michigan will be, I think, I think they'll get by Loyola. I think Michigan they actually, just Honestly, they just need to be physical with them. Yeah. I mean, they have the size. Like, Loyola doesn't have the, the kind of size to match up with them. I mean, a Crutwood kid, he's not going to be able to step out and match up with Wagner. And then just the way Charles Matthews playing recently, I just don't see. I mean, I, I think Loyal will they play have them. a chance because they're in the game. But right. there's really, I mean, on paper, just like with every other matchup that Loyal has been in, if we're being totally honest. I mean, it's nice that they're here and Sister Jean's a great story, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. But on paper, you cannot look at this and say, well, Loyola is going to beat Michigan because of this, this, and this. No, I mean, this is. Listen, they're only a five and a half point dog, yeah. which speaks enough to what Loyola has been able to do. I mean, we're talking about an 11 seed. Loyola of Chicago playing one of the premier basketball programs in the country. I mean, this is a big deal for them to be able to get to this point, and they have done so by playing good team basketball. Mm-hmm. But there's no, I mean, you just you just you can't look at it and say mm-hmm. Michigan is going to lose to Loyola of Chicago because X. You I know? mean, honestly, if you're if you're if we're being honest, looking at who they played competition wise, like this is probably the second most talented team they well, I mean probably the most talented team they played since the first round. Like, certainly the best coach. When they played my Miami was the most talented team they played up to this point. Like Tennessee doesn't have much talent at all. No. If we're just being honest. Nevada actually has more talent than Tennessee because they have those high major transfers like the Martin Twins and Kendall Stevens who transferred over out there. K State, I mean, they're a power conference team, but they don't have like, you know, overwhelming talent. Like Tennessee was the least talented team that they played in this tournament. Like Miami was the most talented that they played up until this point now. And now they're going to be playing a team that kind of matches up to Miami's talent. Maybe it doesn't have like the five-star kind of flash outside of Charles Matthews that Miami has. But this Michigan team is going to be the best defensive team that they played outside of Tennessee. And they're going to be the probably one of the best offensive teams that they played so far in this tournament. Which I think just adding those two factors together, the top 30 offense and top 10 defense, or top 5 defense rather, will make things difficult for the Ramblers. But they will have a chance they can shoot the ball well if Richardson can come out there and have another day like he had on Sunday, on Saturday which he's never had in his career and Clayton Custer can shoot the ball well from three and they can t- continue to attack the basket and try and provide whatever mismatches they can to Michigan maybe they'll have a chance but I'm not going to say they don't have a chance I just don't see how this is I mean this is where the, the road ends this is the only time I'm going to allow you to make picks because it is going to be, this is the final four. There is going to be a championship game played. Third chance bracket, baby. You are allowed to now make your picks. Who My is going pick. to play in the championship game? Villanova, Michigan. Villanova, Michigan. Michigan. Cuts Just that simple. Nets. Michigan cuts down the nets. Jalen Rose gets his redemption. I didn't ask you for your championship game pick. I asked you who is going to play in the championship game. Villanova, Michigan. Do not get ahead of yourself. Oh. Do, not, do not try and sneak an extra take in there. When I give you the opportunity, See, this is why you can't have nice things. I'm confused. I was you. You shouldn't could, be. You I, know exactly what you did. That's why you're smiling. I was told at me. I could give my picks. That will do it for us today.
But before we get out of here, I'd like to thank you for listening. We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Technically Foul. Remember to subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to the podcast. You can find us in the on-demand tab of thegamenashville.com on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iTunes Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us in Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars are always appreciated. You can catch the replay of each week's show from 6 to 7 a.m. Saturday mornings on ESPN 1025 The Game. So, for Julian Council, I'm Buck Rising. Enjoy the Final Four and stay hot, Nashville. We'll talk to you next week right here on Technically Foul. Coach K's a fraud. But you already What's your name? What's your name?